Alright, it's that time. Welcome back to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast. My name is Todd Mitchell. Each week I bring you tales from the game development industry and talk about the business behind the games you love. Tonight, I have not only my friend John Scheiber back on the show, but we're also going to talk to my friend Ray Merrick, who runs the Horror Syndicate and works as an indie, you could call him maybe an executive, for Apogee Comics. So we're going to hear about what he does, what he's up to, and we're going to talk about games. So uh, stick around, it's going to be fun. As always, I want to remind you about the primary sponsor of the podcast, and that is Amazon.com. If you start your next trip to Amazon over at CodeWritePlay, click on the banner on the top of the homepage or over on the right side of the page. You can do your normal Amazon business. The prices and experience remains the same, but that's a free way for you to support the show, and it means the world to us. It means we'll get to keep doing cooler and cooler things. It'll sound better. It'll look better. It'll be better. So we appreciate that. Again, that's Amazon.com through CodeWritePlay. Okay, where to start? Hey, John, how you doing? Welcome back to the show, buddy. Hello. It's a pleasure. It is great to have you back. And in addition, welcome Ray Merrick. How you doing, pal? I am fantastic. I'm doing great. Been stressed out like crazy, but that's okay. <laughs> Ray is a old friend of mine. It's technically his second time on the show, but uh, the first time the audio was destroyed, so I am so sorry. <laughs> that's no, never happened to me. <laughs> Don't lie. It was. It was. I was. I was crap. Come on. <laughs> I listened back to thirty seconds and went, "Nope, not having this." <laughs> no, uh, Ray... I blame it on the flat earthers. <laughs> <laughs> it fell off the face of the earth. Um, it did. Ray and I did our ver- both of our very first podcasts together. So if if we think back hard enough, we probably have lost a show together before. Oh yeah, you know we the very first one we did, I believe we had a scrap. Audio was rough. Uh... Some things were said that shouldn't be on on the air. Oh know. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just gonna leave it at that because I, right. I say if I say more, it might may incriminate somebody somewhere. One or two of the four people. <laughs> yeah, one exactly. or two. So, uh, I, I guess the best way to go about this is I want to start by introducing Ray to our listeners. Ray, tell me about. Um, let's start with quickly the uh, indie comic stuff you do tell, tell us about that i am a co-owner for apogee comics a i also am the editor-in-chief and creative talent scout with question mark um you're like old school stan lee <laughs> yeah i and i yeah, pretty much i'm also the uh lead writer so um so definitely like stan lee yeah yeah everything creative uh, has to go through me which uh, is is a huge burden. I was going to say, no wonder you're so stressed out all the time. Yeah, it's it's between that and then the horror website, and yeah, I'm I'm just like trying to get ducks in a row, and you know, and pushing ducks away at the same time. So, <laughs> get out so, of here, duck. Choosing some ducks and drowning the others. <laughs> yeah. Well, when when everything starts coming out, it's it's it'll be worth it, you know. Uh, we just, uh, Apogee, we had our uh, Kickstarter that for Transgenesis, which a lot of people are questionable about the title, but that, that should be uh, going out to the, the uh, Kickstarter uh, supporters here in the next couple weeks, and then we're starting another Kickstarter uh, October 7th, I believe. 
You're actually pretty far along with that. Yeah, it sounded like that stuff was just getting started. Yeah, and we didn't plan on doing Kickstarters, but uh, we, we had a whole plan of doing things where we're going to release everything in July or August next year. Like, uh, we're writing everything, producing all the comics, getting everything taken care of, trying to get a backlog of three to six issues before we go to print. That way, we won't fall behind, which I think is a pretty decent strategy. Did you go to Kickstarter with some stuff finished? Well, yeah, well, with Kickstarter, with comics, you want to go in with at least five pages to show. Okay. Uh, there's people who go in without anything and have a crummy video and they don't get anywhere. If you, you get some finished products and pinups and a decent video, you have a better shot of getting um, getting funded. And the Transgenesis got funded. It was, it was, a, it was a low Kickstarter, mostly for printing costs. And it was, uh, I think the, the uh, goal was 3K, and we went to 35. And that was all thanks to Jay Sloan and Dave Norton, the, the writer and the artist behind Transgenesis. And that's our launch title. And the whole purpose of doing the, the Kickstarters is to get some books in our pockets to take to cons next year. Because, I mean, they printed, or they're going to have a 1,000 uh, print run of the, the issue itself. And, you know, maybe 100, 150, you know, I think it's 150 are going out to uh, supporters. So we're going to be sitting on 850 to take the cons with us next year and, and, and sell at cons. And, you know, giveaways and stuff like that for the Facebook page, which we, we do uh, giveaways when we hit, uh, like we just hit 1,000 likes on Facebook. So we, we're doing uh, art giveaways. And it's cool because Nick Garber, our, lead, our president and lead artist, is giving away actual comic pages that he drew himself like it's one of a kind because it's the actual the thing he drew you know what i'm saying that's really cool so, yeah and uh we're just trying to get the message out the name out there uh people get interested so next year when we fully launch with all four titles uh you know we, we can have a decent little fan base going and again kickstarter will get people a little bit familiar with some of the characters in the universe with transgenesis the kickstarter we're going to be doing next is bengali which is not mine but it's going to be an exciting, fun book. And then hopefully first quarter 2018, we're going to do a Kickstarter for my book, The Cardinal, which uh, should be pretty fun. Yeah, I've, I've kind of had to come around full circle on the Kickstarter thing because for, for one thing, a, a low Kickstarter uh, dollar amount is a good thing, obviously. But on top of that, if you can cover some basic costs but also get a community started, like a big group mm -hmm. of people excited about you know what you're actually doing, that's a pretty huge benefit. Um, yeah. A lot of uh, small indie developers and indie studios do that uh, strictly for that reason. They have, you know, they do have a specific goal in mind and, and something to apply it to, but they, it sounds like a great way to grow an audience. Yeah. One of, one of the best things about uh, teaming up with, you know, Apogee is we've got three in house pencil and inkers, and then we've got three writers. And so almost all of the talent is in house. We're not outsourcing much, mostly just colors. And, uh, you know, colors are not cheap. They're not expensive. Depends on who you get. And so a lot of the times, like on Bengali, that's actually being outsourced by uh, the artist is Rich Parada, who's, who's inked for uh, uh, Marvel and DC before. And uh, he, so that's being outsourced, and then the colors are being outsourced. So we're going to use some of the money that we raise, if, you know, if it funds 100% to yeah. pay off Rich. But the other part portion is going to go to printing so we can have a, a nice stack of comics to take with us. And, you know, we're, we're planning on hitting the con circuit hard next year. Yeah. So 
developing indie comic superstar that that's a full-time job's worth of work already that is not your day job and you run a uh, very successful horror site and tell tell us about that to fill out the picture it's uh the horror syndicate.com it's um well you know nightfall unlimited was our first project together and and uh big geek that, culture site yes yeah geek culture site and I, I put a lot of horror into that especially around this time every year i started rage of razor page and that didn't really do much I didn't really expect it to. You know, I got into these horror movie collector groups, and I was learning so much about horror I didn't know and, and communicating with a lot of uh, fans about horror. And I was like, well, why don't I try to do a horror site, just one thing, you know, and see if that works. And it's do, it's doing better than I expected in the first year. You know, yeah. we're, getting, we're getting an average of, this, these numbers may not be huge, but 130 hits a day. It's um, pretty good. Yeah, and you know we've got some good activity on our Facebook. We're we're crawling towards uh, uh, six six thousand followers on Facebook or likes or whatever. I say crawling because we get to a good point and then it slowly creeps to the next you know level, and then after that we 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 get a bunch of followers and then slowly creep. You know it's weird. It's it's going really well. We're gearing up for October, which is a big month for horror because that's when the normal people watch scary movies. <laughs> That's what. Yeah. <laughs> no offense to anybody, but most you know normal people are like, oh, it's time to watch scary movies because it's October, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So and, and and one of the things with the horror syndicate that we thrive on is trying to introduce people to some of. I mean, everybody knows about Freddy and Jason and you know the the uh, pop culture icon horror figures and but there's so much more out there that I mean there's some good storytelling in some of these horror movies and and. If you go back to the 70s, 80s, we're talking about great practical effects. Like yeah. the movie I, I watched tonight, called it's called The City of the Living Dead uh, by Lucio Fulci. And it's an Italian dubbed in English horror film. But there's some great, absolutely great effects in the movie. And, and, you know, these are things that we think anybody who says they like horror, you should check these out. And, you know, and that's what we do on our podcast is try to introduce people into some of these movies they may have missed. And that's the goal. Yeah. What's the name of the podcast for people who are interested? Well, it was the Horror Syndicate Live. I think we're done with that. We're starting a new one either this Friday or next Friday, and we don't have a name. We can't come <laughs> up with a name for it. <laughs> to be but determined. It's, it's, yeah, it's the the, uh, the three main guys, me, uh, Jared Letourneau, and Brian Enright. And, and we've done two practice shows and, and had a, a couple guests on, like Mike Lombardo, who did uh, I'm Dreaming of a White Doomsday. <laughs> And, it, and it's fun because it's very organic where the Horror Syndicate Live, our old show, was very structured. Where it just felt like, you know, a couple guys sitting around having having a, a beer or whatever. Nah, I don't drink beer. Let's say a sweet tea. I'm having one now. I think John's <laughs> rocking some uh, whiskey. I am. I am. And it is very delicious. I'm rocking some chocolate milk. So That's even better. Oh, I think you win, sir. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I I thought it'd be fun to have Ray on for a couple of reasons. For one, Ray and I met at Toys R Us, and Toys R Us is uh, on on the brink right now. So so we'll we'll chat about that in a minute. And also, I wanted to sort of talk about, I mean, Halloween's coming. It's a little early to talk about it, maybe. But um, I thought the topic of horror-themed games, um, I think John's played a few. I've certainly played a few, and... uh, uh, I know Ray checks out some as well, but I, I thought it'd be fun to sort of talk about our favorite horror elements in games, I guess. And I know we talked about you were playing the uh, 
is it is the game called Friday the Thirteenth or is it something just Jason related? It's just simply Friday the Thirteenth. The game, <laughs> yeah. That's that's not fair to the NES version. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But you know, they they did call back to the Friday the Thirteenth uh, NES game by putting the uh, the Jason like giving the the Jason Voorhees skin the NES feel with the blue looking mask and the, they gave him the eight bit theme when he comes comes around. So you know they did their their fair share of uh, showing some love. Well, I appreciate That's that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that. I have looked at some gameplay, and it, it looks humorous. Um, and it, it looks fun, too, with the it's, group it's of buddies. A, it is a lot of fun, and that's the thing. Uh, like, early on, you know, this was a Kickstarter. You know, they, they, uh, Gun, in, or Gun Media, they ran a Kickstarter to uh, get this thing off the ground, and it did way better than they expected, nearly a million dollars, I believe. And uh, had all these stretch goals to get different skins in there and all this different stuff. But when it launched in June, it was glitchy. Like so glitchy, like um, it was hard to get into matches, and and when you got into matches, you get you get booted, or you know if you hide in the tent, because you know there are a lot of the games you can hide in different places, but if you hide in a tent, there was one time I hid in the tent, and all of a sudden my character was floating on top of the tent, and like <laughs> it looked like she she was basically I use a girl in the game when I'm a counselor, it looked like she was ice skating in the air like above the tent, it nice. was so bizarre, and and then there was people using these glitches to their advantage, like going uh, to a couple of the bigger um, cabins and and there's a way like if you hit the B button or the uh, circle button on the PlayStation whichever you're playing and in the corner and you can end up on the roof and Jason cannot get you up there and so they're exploiting these glitches and then Gun Media fixed that that problem they they they've done a really good job of of taking care of everything they just did not expect like I think they expected the people who supported the uh, the uh, Kickstarter to to be the ones playing it but when it was released it was i think they made like over three million dollars in that first weekend on new wow. customers and yeah we killed the we killed the servers man and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah it was fantastic because earlier in the year a movie called rings came out you know you remember the movie the ring yeah well this yes. is the, the second sequel the third movie in the series and it did so bad that they canceled the Friday the Thirteenth movie that supposed that was supposed to be released in October of 2017 on Friday the Thirteenth. Really? And yeah, and then this game comes out, and I think they're hitting herself over the head like, "Oh my God, we just threw away a lot of money." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This game yeah. Is still, you know, it, it, it's bringing the, the great thing about the game for me as a big Friday the Thirteenth fan and growing up with it is uh, it's bringing a whole new generation of uh, Friday the Thirteenth fans into it. You know, like my son. Um, he's only eight, but he got into playing the game, and now he loves the movies, and it's fantastic. I yeah. think it is. You know, it's a slasher. It's a killer running around and everything, and that's not good. But but it's a video game. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I, we got introduced to it in probably junior high, um, and it it seemed like at the time it's like this isn't really any big deal. <laughs> Certainly, the NES version is uh, plenty kid friendly. Still play that one. Funny little story uh, about Friday the 13th. That's actually the first horror movie that I watched front to back when I was about six, uh, five or six with my grandfather. My mother refused to let me watch horror movies. And my grandpa was like, hey, why don't you come watch this with me? And I watched it sitting on his lap and uh, (laughs) actually remember enjoying it. Nice. (laughs) That's a good grandfather, let me tell you. (laughs) That was my first taste of horror. That's good stuff, man. That's a good story, too. My my grandpa yeah. would watch anything that was on just on like regular TV, 
And it, I, obviously that's not normally very bad stuff, but it, it didn't really matter what was on or what it was about. Like if it was a breast exam, like he was just chilling, like he didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't care that I was in the room and we had some funny moments that way. What are you watching, Greg? Why is a breast exam on? Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Pull up a seat, quiet down. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I'm wondering about the Friday the 13th game is how did it work with the intellectual property rights? Did they secure that before the Kickstarter or did they just wrap that in like this is what it costs to get the rights? Yeah, so I think the game was originally called Campfire or something like that or Camp Out, something, something along those lines or, you know, and, and then uh, they went to the uh, whoever at the time, which I think it's, I think Paramount has his rights and they went to Paramount and said, we want to do this Kickstarter, and Paramount's like, whatever. You go ahead, take the character, take the names, and and they. I don't think Paramount. I think it was like an afterthought to them. They didn't think it would make it, and now, like I said, they're Paramount's getting ready to lose the rights, uh, and they're going to revert back to New Line Cinema. I think at the end of the year, but I think they're kicking mm-hmm. themselves because they just gave them away for nothing, and then they were able to get uh, the voice actors. Uh, the guy who plays Tommy Jarvis, his name's Tom Matthews. Uh, he plays Tommy Jarvis in the game. He like the hero that you can unlock um, eventually. You know, it's when when two people die in the match. Uh, if you if you go to the the CB radio and call Tommy, he can come in and the play one of the players that died already can come back in the match and play as Tommy. And and they got him to voice it, which was amazing because he's part of uh, my favorite, which is Jason Lives, the sixth one. And then they got the uh, the Kane Hodder who played Jason in four movies to uh, do the motion capture for it and all the kills and everything. It's, you know, they went all out as soon as they got the the property rights, they, they went all out and I, I swear Paramount's just kicking themselves. Yeah. I've seen videos of the motion capture process for that game and it's unsettling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The actual yeah. game is a lot less violent. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I met Kane Hodder at uh, days of the dead in Indianapolis in July of this year. And uh, I was, uh, he asked me what was my favorite thing about him being Jason. And I flat out said, I want to thank you for doing the motion capture and for the, the video game because that has opened up everything. And, and my son was there, and he, he's like, yeah, you're my, new, my favorite Jason. And, and he's like, he just looked at me dead in the eyes and said, thank you. That actually means a lot to me, more than anything. Wow. And, yeah. Well, he got, he, he got kind of shafted because uh, when Freddy vs. Jason came around, he he uh, he got re- uh, Jason got recast and they kicked into the curb and he always wanted to come back and play mm. Jason and he got to essentially play all the skins because they're they're modeled off there's six of them I think right now and they're all modeled off of uh, you know the movies but it's essentially Kane Hodder you know yeah so, and, which is super cool so he's an awesome guy too wasn't he the That's one cool. that scared the shit out of somebody in the woods during a movie filming yeah it was during part seven. He wore his his. He loved wearing the costume, and and if you look up uh, Friday the Thirteenth Seven, the New Blood, look up the the, the costume is the best looking. Uh, co- the effects on it, the the makeup, because the, the the director John Carl Beekler, who actually is from St. Louis, he said he wanted to add in every bullet hole, every uh, machete, uh, you know, scar, all the scars that have ever happened to Jason. He wanted to add them into the makeup. And you know he's under the water for like five years, so they, you know, his his skin is rotting away and his spine is showing and stuff like that. And yeah, so Kane Hodder was uh, just walking around on the road one day, and all these people are driving by, and and they're <laughs> freaking out. You know, he did the same thing in Manhattan during the uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, but but he got treated more like a rock star there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they took that right in stride, I'm sure. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so before I forget, let's talk about the Toys R Us thing. So you and I met at Toys R Us in about, we decided, what, 2001? Something like I that? I think it was 2001. Well, well, let me ask you this. There's always a defining memory for the season or a person or something like that. Did did the Godfather still have the mullet? The skullet, I should say. Unfortunately not. Okay, so I yeah, I would say 2001, probably. Okay, that, that sounds right to me. Yeah. Um, you and I took a liking to each other and uh, passed the time enjoying one another's company. And I, I remember even then, Toys R Us, we kept hearing like, well, they're talking about maybe shutting some stores down and they didn't, don't know if they're going to make it through the next five years. And so we kind of got the impression that like Toys R Us is just never going away. And uh, <laughs> maybe we're wrong. What do you think? You know, this is like the third time I've seen this happen, though. Like, <laughs> since I've been gone, I, I remember there was a scare in 02. And, and they did shut down a few stores because they, uh, I was on the reset team one, one of these years where we reset the stores from the aisles to the what it is now, essentially. We went to the Bridgeton store. Yeah, it was the Bridgeton store to do some work. And and the door the doors were closed, and and nobody let us know that they had just closed the store down. Oh wow! Yeah, so we drove all the way out there, and we we're supposed to work there. And they're like, no, no, we're off this week until we get everything figured out. They just closed the Bridgeton store. Toys R Us is on the verge of bankruptcy. I'm like, and this is 2002, maybe. You know, then when I was at, I left in 04. I think it was 04 when I left because my buddy sent me an article that said Toys R Us was on the verge of bankruptcy. And he offered me a position at Radio Shack, so I took it. I was like, I don't want to get stuck with no job. And they didn't oh. close. Yeah, and then, you know, a few years later, I think it was 08 or 09. And it's, it, this is like a seasonal thing. You know, maybe they want the p- people to think, so, you know, they're closing down, so they'll help people come out and start buying stuff. What they'll probably do is just close a bunch of stores. Uh, yeah, mm. that, that sounds right. They did go ahead and file bankruptcy, I think, yesterday, if, I'm, if I read that right. Um, but they're talking like they're trying not to shut stores down. So I don't really know how that works in an interview. They said that, um, we're exploring this option as a means of, uh, handling our significant debt with our different vendors and stuff. And I thought probably the best way to handle that is just go ahead and pay them. Yeah. So. <laughs> it kills me because like they're one of the last, uh, you know, big box. Well, they are the big last big box, uh, toy retailer out there, I believe. KB's gone, and yeah. almost all of them are gone, I believe, and Toys R Us is the last one. And here in, in the St. Louis area, we've already lost, I think they just closed Chesterfield last year. Yeah, some, my realtor was just talking to us about that. Yeah, so I think they're down to South County, Fairview, where we worked, yeah. and, and uh, da, 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 Sunset Hills. I think the Ferguson store may still be there, too, which why would that even be out there? That's but, uh, good for them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd still take my son to Fairview Heights every once in a while, which is kind of weird. I'm, I'm one of the few people who haven't been banned from shopping at the store. So <laughs> I don't know if I was banned or not, but I mean, I was told I was, but not by any managers, but I've been in there since. <laughs> I, it's funny how many of the regulars from 2001 still work there. That's kind of gross. It's sad, yeah. It, it really uh, makes me feel kind of nauseous to think about it. What's funny is at the end of one of the holiday seasons, I had sort of buddied up with this one of these seasonal guys who um, he was having a rough go of it. I was sort of in some sort of conflict with management because I was just an idiot teenager, and I'm sure it was probably my fault, but... Um, 
So, so this guy comes to me and goes like, well, at least you got a job. Like they're about to lay me off. I just know it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, man, they're, they're probably gonna let you hang out for a while. We're short staffed anyway. And, and then I heard a manager say like, no, yeah, he's, he's going to go. <laughs> and I was pissed off and I went to the guy and I'm like, how would you like my hours for the rest of the week? <laughs> <laughs> and they set it up and he still works there today because they didn't fire him that week. Oh, really? He still works there. I saw him the other day. Whoa. Yeah. I suppose you can't name the person. I don't I don't remember his name, honestly. Oh. Or I think I would. I, I probably know who it is, though, I'm sure. If I, I'm just guessing. He's there all the time. So it's weird. You and I talked about a, a little writing project about working at Toys R Us. And the one thing is, if they go under, we can go ahead and do it. Yeah, that's that was one of my sticking points. Was uh, we were we talked about renaming it and then making it kind of fiction, yeah. And, and because Toys R Us would, could come after us uh, if we really wanted to, even though there's really nothing that bad that we would say about it. It's just some management was was uh, kind of our, our talking points and some just seasonal. And then for me, seasonal hookups because there was you know <laughs> all new cashiers, good looking girls and whatnot, and you know and then there was the uh, the shady stuff that that some of us used to do just to for action figures of all things. <laughs> things got sketchy. That's, that's very true. Um, but yeah, I had talked to a lot of the old gang about like, Hey, throw me a story. I'll, I'll edit that, put it in here, get, you'll get a credit for it. And you can be part of this, you know, timeless collection of uh, stories from toy retail. And, um, Jamie was going to kick something in, John. We, uh, we met Jamie at Toys R Us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe all those people would come back out of the woodwork and we could get this book done. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. And then be able to say Toys R Us rather than, you know, uh, buy me toys or give me toys or whatever it was yeah, we wanted to call it. talked about calling it give me toys just because it would be yeah. so obvious. Give me toys. Yeah. Did you ever have a dorky job like that, John, as a teenager? Just something weird like that? A dorky job working in a retail... I never worked retail, actually. Oh, my God. You now that I think you, about it. it. There's still time, man. It's like a lot of fun. <laughs> It's, I've never worked. I was a waiter, a busboy. I used to wash 18-wheeler trucks in Troy. Oh, uh, did you work with Kevin? Yes, he got me the job. That was a kind of a fun job for a teenager. I'm not going to lie. I used to go visit there, yeah, just because it was just this weird thing. Like, we're going to go hang out at this truck stop. <laughs> and that's what was kind of neat about it is random people's friends would show up and just hang out with us, and we'd be climbing on trucks and washing them and I know it's just a it's just a very unique moment in life. <laughs> uh, did you guys wash the trucks to the sounds of Warren's cherry pie? <laughs> no, no, not even once. That's surprising. No, I, I do to, remember. We need, make, we need to make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> talk about not too late. Let's hook that up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clean, look, I'll just say this: cleaning out the inside of a tractor trailer that's been carrying chickens is not an ideal task. <laughs> No, that's definitely, definitely no more cherry pie for that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That'll kill you. Yeah, it, it was a weird experience. But other than that, that was rare. Um, it was pretty rare that somebody would have you clean the inside of their trailer. But the rest of it was fun, man. It, for me, I don't know why. It was just kind of neat climbing up on them. And you'd have to climb up on the windshield area. And it was you just know you weird. Know, Odd jobs. That's a that's a cool. I, I that'd be a fun topic. Is just talking about odd jobs that you had growing up. Like there was I like myself. I not only before I got stuck at Toys R Us, or not got stuck. I stuck with Toys R Us. I should say 
so many different jobs between 99 and 2000, 2000 when I started Toys R Us, you know, and there's some of the, I worked at a factory that made uh, the motors for refrigerators, and that was bizarre, because I was the only person who could speak English. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, so... But I, I think that's a, that is an interesting topic alone, you know, and not just uh, Toys R Us itself. Yeah, yeah, weird jobs. It, it's just it's fun to trade those kind of stories from that that yeah. time of life because it's, I mean, at the time I know we weren't having a ton of fun, but now it's fun to sort of look back at like, yeah, we were sort of still coming of age and uh, mm-hmm. you know, just clawing our way up. <laughs> yeah, and oh, we yeah. we all made a lot of friends, I think. So, um, but anyway. John, tell me a game that you've played recently that's got some kind of horror theme element to it. I would have to say the game that most characteristically would fit that is the game Prey. And I highly recommend it. Now, I wouldn't put it in the horror category. I would put it more as like a science fiction thriller. But as of late, that is the most horrific game uh, I've played. Most horrific is a good good thing. Ray, what about you, other than uh, Friday the 13th? I still play Friday the 13th. I have it both. So I was one of the people who supported the Kickstarter, and I forgot that I did because I went ahead and bought it on the PS4 because my friend <laughs> from the horror syndicate was buying it. And then I get an email, oh, here's your digital code for <laughs> Friday the 13th on the Xbox. Whoops. So, yeah, so I mostly play it on, on the, uh, the PS4, but um, there's another game that is kind of like... It's called Dead by Daylight. Yeah, similar. Yeah, it, it's very similar, and they're really like, I, I after about two weeks after Friday the Thirteenth came out, that came out, and same price point of forty bucks, which is a pretty decent deal for a brand new game, and it's it's a little bit different. You know, there's three characters and then one killer, and then they have a Michael Myers from Halloween skin, and that that they're trying they're really trying hard to get people to come over to play that instead of Friday the 13th, because now they're offering a, a Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre to, uh, you know, play as the playable villain in the game. Oh. It's, yeah, it's it's different. It's a little bit more demonic. Um, I, I, the, the thing about Friday the 13th versus that is it's if you die 30 seconds into the map on Friday the 13th, you can still have fun because you can watch all the other counselors. And there's, you know, eight counselors on the map at a time. But I played both, and they're both a lot of fun. It's just I prefer the Friday the 13th over the two. Um, I was digging through some of my um, my video, old video games, just trying to figure out something to play because I'm tired of uh, playing the same old stuff. And I looked at playing Darksiders. And you guys familiar with that one? It's a oh, yeah. seven or eight years old Xbox 360 game. I like that. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I even posted on Facebook about this. I'm behind on um, the Walking Dead game. The Telltale game. Oh yeah. Uh, which I really can't endorse the Telltale video games enough, but you know the Walking Dead, the Game of Thrones game, the Batman, all of them are just superb. And so I plan on October playing the Walking Dead. Uh, I guess it's part three called New Frontier, and uh, that's definitely something I'm gonna just dig right in. I went ahead and bought it for my Xbox, so I can get some achievement points. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny it's how. Just, how excited I am about achievement points. They, they, it seems like <laughs> they've kind of fallen by the wayside. You know, Reynolds gets an achievement point, I hear it. And I'm like, yo, you got an achievement? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you don't care? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, that was a big deal back when that 360 started. Yeah. You, yeah. Don't, you don't want achievement points? What's wrong with you? 
I remember, I remember when uh, when me and you became friends on uh, Xbox Live, Todd. When I finally got on Xbox Live, and you had twenty thousand, yeah, and you were like, "Yes, that's a manly yeah. amount of achievement po- points, or something like that." I'm like, "Yeah, it is," you know, <laughs> and and you know now I'm I'm up for sixty, I think, and it, of course that's built over ten years, but yeah, I am just about to cross over to eighty, so I've kind of slowed <laughs> down actually, but I'm still it's very important to me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's, there's different things you do in the game that, like, uh, side quests and stuff that you don't need to do, really, but you do it for the achievement points, you know? Yep. Like, there was one game, I think it was Splinter, one of the Splinter Cell games on the 360. Oh, man. And, yeah, I played through that. And I, you like those games, didn't you? I do. Yeah, and, and I played through that, and there were so many side quest uh, achievement points that I, 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 I just did, and normally I wouldn't do that. And that's when Dan, uh, our buddy Dan, who... who uh, challenged me on achievement points. Like, okay, I'm gonna have to catch up, and I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> so it was a little friendly competition. I would never even wanted to try to get where Todd is. That's too scary. Can't fly, <laughs> can't fly too close to the sun. That comes from uh, not necessarily time, but from a variety of games. Yeah, I, and it's e- even easier now because I used to have stuff like the um, not GameFly, but when Blockbuster did their buy mail, you know, Netflix style service for games, I would mm-hmm. play a lot of games that way slightly older games usually now you've got the xbox live games with gold i try to check most of those out oh yeah uh they do the games pass now which is like another i don't know 10 bucks and then you you can play their expanding library of uh sort of um older and less popular games than some that are you know they have like gears of war so that's cool yeah and then ea also has a subscription service ea access is what it's called so I have all that, <laughs> and uh, so I play a lot of games now. Should, should be able to find something. <laughs> I, I just I, I've been off the Xbox a little bit and been playing more of the PS4, but I got on my Xbox. My brother-in-law hit me up. He's like, "Hey, Battlefront's free, or Battlefront Battlefront is four fifty, oh, and yeah. you get DLC for free." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> okay, hold my chocolate milk. Let me get on there." Right. So. I, I was actually playing that before uh, I put the kids to bed tonight. Me and Reynolds was playing it too, and we we're—he's in the same room as me playing game. This is like a total dude place now, and and, and he's over there playing uh, against me in Battlefront and sniping me. It was fantastic, but <laughs> yeah, I, I like all these new services. And that they're not new, but you know the games with gold, yeah, you know things like that that they offer free games and or a big discount. I can't wait for uh, December when they start doing the. Uh, the, the, the Xbox days or whatever it's called or whatever they call it now. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I know the ones you mean. That's a, a big super sale. Um, oh, yeah. John, were you saying you, are you still doing the subscriber uh, humble bundle thing? Yes. And that is ridiculously incredible for 12 bucks a month. You just get piles of games and, and a few of the packs, uh, some pretty good brand new, like I've got NBA, uh, what do they call them? 2K17? That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. I got Dirt Rally again. Uh, <laughs> Keep getting Dirt oh, Rally. What's that? That sounds good. Oh, it's a, one of my favorite. Thanks to Todd. He turned me on to it. One of my favorite driving sims. Super I think realistic I have uh, rally racing. ever played. You got to really be into uh, very realistic driving sims before I would be willing to endorse that to any human. <laughs> but it is top notch. Yeah. Uh, People are amped up about Forza 7 coming out. Um, early next month, I would say you could spend a lot of that time between now and then on Dirt Rally. You have to hate yourself just a little bit, but it's yeah. it's a super fun game. Are it's, you gonna 
be jumping on that Forza Todd. I am. Yeah, I've I've got Amazon credit set aside already. Okay, sorry, John. I Perfect. Just, that's that's Todd's. Uh, that's one of the things I've always known him for is going for Forza. And, oh yeah, I'm yeah I, I might actually do it. I might actually do it if you like it and you like Dirt Rally that much. I had lost touch with racing games. I had told you that before, Todd. I had been a huge fan for a long time, and then something weird happened when Need for Speed got like uh, uh, tweeny. I don't yeah. know what else to say. Tweeny? What is that? <laughs> like, just, explain, please, please explain. <laughs> I need to know. It just got they they found a niche market, which I mean, this is something that I think adult game critics really need to just sit back and and swallow this pill that. A lot of this stuff is technically for children still, and so some of your beloved franchises went that way because, I mean, why can you blame them? It's just like leaving millions of dollars sitting on the table if you didn't. And uh, and and Need for Speed was my was my baby, and then it went that route after like the second or third one, and I just kind of didn't play racing games for a while. I did like Gran Turismo on PS2. Uh, decently but as of late all of a sudden the driving sims have gone to a level of realism that is just untouchable i mean i want vr so bad i can taste it oh yeah i would love to try vr on one of the racing games i may find out that i can't handle it and i throw up right away i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely where i'd be yeah i'm I'm willing to try it um my my issue with need for speed and this is the mini rant version is with this reboot quote-unquote that they just did they created a game where they did live action cutscenes, so they had a full cast and crew and shot like a good movie's worth oh, of, of uh, cutscenes. So it's a story you follow these people, like urban youths and such. And then when you get into the actual racing part, it's this cartoony bullshit where you're like flying more than you're driving and stuff, and you get flames yeah. shooting out a mile behind your car and stuff. And it's like then this real person steps out and he's talking about, "Hey, bro, my ride and get, get this and that." And I'm like, what do you? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i'm talking about tweeny it just that, that that started to happen in need for speed like around the hot pursuit era it got oh, really yeah. weird that was and, the last uh, one i played yeah, yeah, better times, yeah i think that might actually be the last one i played too i think the first underground one um my wife says she vividly remembers playing that with uh her brother and her cousins and so apparently there was a golden age for need for speed and it was right around there that was uh Two gens ago, though, wasn't it? It was like, a long time uh, ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a long time ago. PS2s and such, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a big... Uh, I've never been big into racing because I am awful at it. Like, I'll tell you, you know, uh, some of the missions on uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, 3 and, and Vice City, I would have my buddy Edgar come over to do the racing missions for me because I could not do it. <laughs> I'm terrible at racing. I think uh, when I bought my 360, it came with uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and maybe Forza, one of the Forza games. Oh. And I'm like, okay, I'll play this. It you know, came with the system, and man, it was awful. I got so mad. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> so, buy Dirt Rally. <laughs> yeah, no. Are you, uh, are you playing mostly on PC, or do you uh, have console? I do PC. I have a 360, but I only played it to get my heart broken by Red Dead Redemption. Uh, what? <laughs> what? How'd your heart get broken by one of I the best just... But that's what it was. I just, I just was pulling for John Marston, man, and I just saw it coming, and then I was just like, no, no, he was so cool. Didn't like Jack? No, not as much, man. He just wasn't the same. I do respect him, but he just wasn't the same. I don't think I respect him. I respect his mission. But... Yes, there you go. That's a yeah. good way to say that. 
Yeah, he uh, he was uh, he was annoying. Like when you'd be riding your horse hard, and he'd be like, "Work it, damn nag!" It's like, oh, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, yeah, shucky darns. Yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, John was fantastic, though. Uh, oh, that game some, is amazing. Are you gonna get uh, get back on the console when the new one comes out? I guess next year sometime. I don't know. I've kicked that idea around. I've talked to Todd about it from time to time, but something Todd, else always creeps up on my wish list. We can posse up. Yes. Tell them how much fun we had passing up together. <laughs> it's true. that That's some of my fondest memories in gaming, and there have been many memories, and that stands alone. Okay, getting in, okay. Getting into knife fights with other people. <laughs> <laughs> throwing <laughs> knives at each other. Throwing, yeah, yeah throwing, uh, 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 what are they called? Uh, oh, damn, what are those bottles called? <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. You know what I'm talking about, right? The uh, flaming bottles. Like the, the Molotov, Molotov cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> throwing those at people. Yeah, we were like we were like uh, right into Mexico. It is. I was p- passing up a Todd and a couple of his his buddies, and uh, and like we rode past some people, and somebody like hits one of the other guys, and all of a sudden it was on. Yeah. And we, were just, <laughs> we were all just throwing knives at each other. It was hilarious. It's like a three hour <laughs> war. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It, I think Cannons got involved at one point. Oh yeah, we ended up going to the fort and everything. Man, it was that <laughs> was the best. That's awesome. Yeah, if they if they do their jobs, they'll have some great online play on this next one too. Yeah, and I and it I, looks I, amazing. Yeah, I can't. I'm not a big online player, but for that, I will go. So. Yeah, online with friends is is really the only way to do it these days. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, because like on Friday the Thirteenth, uh, getting into a private match with eight friends is way better than doing it just with a bunch of randos who don't use uh, microphones. Yeah, so. yeah, and even yeah. if they do, it's like going to a somebody's house and trying to pet their cat like get, talking to people on the internet it's anything it's, could happen you basically well yeah there's that there's you can hear everything that's going on in the background as well it's like what's going on here you i can hear your mom yelling at you 12 year old yeah. kid i can Are you hear all your music. toenails while you're it, playing yeah. <laughs> what's, what's going on Every once in a while, I'll hear somebody's uh, smoke alarm chirping every 30 seconds because the battery's oh. dead. I, I yell at people. <laughs> <laughs> Show some fucking responsibility for a minute and go change that battery. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You could save your own life that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think the situation was I heard a guy playing Call of Duty and, and his thing was going off and his, his kid was coming up to him like, Daddy, what's that sound? Is that the fire alarm? No, it's not. And I'm like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Even the kid knows. Yeah, it's like, you can't really deny it at this point. So yeah, That's people incredible. are the worst. That's why, hey, man, get get Red Dead or whatever they're going to call it comes out. Get an Xbox One. I've got a couple people who posse up with us. It'll be a great time. Okay. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll drink to the memories of John Marston. There you go. Noted. <laughs> yeah. That's well, awesome, sure that, man. I'm sure, I'm sure Todd will be down. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Would, I would do it for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Well... Uh, Ray, tell us where we can find you online. Well, the, the obvious place. No, I, I guess it wouldn't be obvious. There's, uh, there's Twitter. It's uh, at Razor underscore thirty three at Twitter. There's also at Apogee Comics oh, at yeah. Horse Syndicate. There's, I mean, there's a few places you can find, kind of find me. And then, of course, there's the Facebook, the Horse Syndicate, uh, Apogee Comics on Facebook, and my personal private Facebook page that I can only be friends with these two guys. Oh, my only two friends on Facebook. <laughs> and we'll look forward to a variety of great offerings from Apogee coming up. Um, well, relatively coming up next year. Oh yeah, October. Well, October seventh, uh, we're going to kick off the Bengali Kickstarter. Uh, Renee Garza is the writer, and uh, Rich Parada 
is the artist, inker, and then we got a guy from England do, named Paul Anderson, Mr. Anderson, mm. doing the colors. So uh, look for that, and, and hopefully if anybody uh, wants to, they can you know help support us, because uh, we're going to be huge, I tell you. It's going to be the next big thing. <laughs> the next big thing. And thank you for uh, taking a second chance to uh, do the podcast since the first was ruined. Oh, anytime, buddy. You know, I love podcasting, so... And, uh, John, are you actually using Twitter yet or no? Um, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) I will soon, though. I'm practicing. Find John on Facebook. (laughs) And Instagram. I started one. I have seen you on Instagram. You're doing stuff, and uh, God bless you. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're probably on more than I am on Instagram. I, you know, like, I'm I'm comfortable posting relatively private stuff on Instagram, and I shouldn't be. There's no good reason to do that. But, yeah. uh, so it's it's always like, should I do this here? I don't know. And I end up doing it on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I like Instagram right now. It's a good change of pace because there's so much less words. And a <laughs> lot of what it is is like seeing people smiling and doing things. And it's just right now, at least, it's very refreshing. It's a big change of pace. You make a compelling point. Yeah, it's it's a it's a much happier experience so far. But I don't doubt the Internet's ability to turn <laughs> fair enough well all right thanks guys uh i'll thanks look forward to talking to both of you very soon absolutely all right so thanks again to our guest ray merrick super great guy fun to talk to you Uh, Check out Apogee Comics and the Horror Syndicate all over the web. Both picking up steam, doing really well, and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. So uh, check out Ray. And as for us, we sure appreciate likes, listens, subscriptions, everything you guys are doing. Please keep it up. Helps so much. And we're looking forward to keeping it going. So uh, for my buddy John Schreiber and for Code Right Play, I'm Todd Mitchell. Thanks, everybody. Keep playing. We'll talk to you next week. Mm